listening to Skylight, the Skylight Books podcast. Skylight Books is a general interest bookstore in the Los Feliz neighborhood in Los Angeles. You can shop with us from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. or visit us online 24-7 at skylightbooks.com. Follow along at Skylight Books Instagram and Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and now on to the episode. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to Skylit. This is the Skylight Books Podcast, and I'm your host, Lance Morgan. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Rami Youssef, writer and creator of the hit Hulu series, Rami. But before we start, I want to remind you that Skylight Books is now currently open with full capacity, but we're still, uh, we're still adhering to the mask mandate. So please, please, please bring your masks and just be, care- be aware of all the people around you. But come on by. We missed you guys. Our website is also still available for online ordering at www.skylightbooks.com, so check that out as well. Rami Youssef is an American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, and director, known for his role as Rami Hassan on the Hulu comedy series Rami, for which he's received the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor and a Peabody Award in 2020. He was also nominated for two Prime Emmy Awards, one for Outstanding Director for a Comedy Series and another for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series. He also starred in his first HBO stand-up comedy special, Rami Youssef Feelings, as well as the television series, Mr. Robot and See Dad Run. Rami, I'm so excited to have you here today. How are uh, you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is really cool because I, when was it? I was walking through Skylight yeah. and... <laughs> And I was, I think I asked you for some book recommendations because yeah. um, I didn't really know what I wanted to get into and, and, um, and you kind of pointed me in the, in the right direction. So it's really cool to, to get to do this, uh, you know, a couple months yeah. later. No, it's so funny because then you're recommending me. I was like, wait, I know you. How do I, know? I was like, oh my God, you're Rami Youssef from the show Rami, one of my favorite shows. And I feel like a lot of listeners will be like, yeah, oh my God what Rami Yusuf from my favorite show Rami um <laughs> no this is gonna be, no I'm thank Lance, you for Lance doing from, this from my, from my favorite bookstore so, you know, here we go. <laughs> oh my god you guys heard that I'm getting on record recorded that's I'm gonna that's gonna be on my resume now that re- clip recording there um no this is so exciting uh no let's get started this is gonna be a fun conversation about uh today we're gonna talk about Rami's writing and reading influences so no, this is this is so exciting for me. Um, so let's start. Let's get started. Can you tell me about like your history in like of writing in like literature and any kind of written word from like your past? Yeah, well, you know, I um, I started. Is it like I I I think I was probably an early reader. My my parents were really kind of fanatic about us learning English really well and learning Arabic really well and so it was kind of this thing of just like my mom always really pushing books you know Mm -hmm. 
and right. and so and, and and we grew up with just huge huge bookshelves and um mm. encyclopedias and, and and my mom actually is trilingual you know Arabic, oh, wow. English and French amazing but I didn't I didn't get the French but, <laughs> but uh it's not too late you know, do you think you think there's a chance? <laughs> I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance. I I have confidence in you. I'm always so. I know it's technically not too late, but man, yeah. it really feels like it's too late. It's 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 always tough with with another language. Yeah. Um, I think you would have to be pretty immersive, and so I think it's more. Uh, yeah, it feels too late for it to be a priority, mm-hmm. and then if it's like just on the back burner, you know. I could probably whip out a few words or something, but I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think like there was a real emphasis on language though. And, and actually my, uh, my grandfather was a translator an interpreter for the United Nations. And so he interpreted kind of these huge meetings and conferences that would happen at the UN, you know, that's how my mom's side of the family came to the States was wow. via that. And so big emphasis on reading um yeah but I I actually remember as a kid really kind of I learned how to read really quick but then I was very reluctant I, I think it was a focus thing I still sometimes just have trouble focusing on books <laughs> like I I I, I and it's funny even on the day I saw you I feel like I bought like five different things and then I just keep darting between them it's it's, right. it's actually admittedly a hard thing for me to read because sometimes I'm I'm just and I think we all kind of deal with different versions of it, but that was really present for me as a kid. And then my mom, uh, I think like a lot of kids my age at the time, she took me to a bookstore. She's like, you got to buy something. You got to read something. Mm-hmm. I am um, super stereotypical, picked up Harry Potter, the first one, <laughs> lost my mind, lost my <laughs> mind. And then that just opened up like a reading tear, you know, mm-hmm. and then I was just reading, you know, everything I could get my hands on. And, and then I think, I was really, really interested in, in in video cameras. I was pretty obsessed with them. And one of the first things I ever bought was a video camera. I bought it online with all my birthday money and it was had a little black and white monitor and I think it was like $300 or something at the time. But I um, I just shot so many things and, and, and I would go through at the time Windows Movie Maker and then it became Final Cut. And, Mm-hmm. uh was making these little music videos and then I kind of wanted to do little scenes and and so I would start to write you know mm-hmm. uh an idea it'd be a couple jokes be what if this thing happened that thing happened then I'd kind of try it and put my friends in it be on it and then um and then I think really my writing in terms of on screen always kind of grew through wanting to make things and partnerships you know uh I had a sketch group we made things um me and my co-creators have made my show and then kind of got on to write other things, uh, all of us and, um, and, and, and obviously writing stand up. And so, uh, right. And, and, and I kind of was even reflecting on like what kind of stuff I've been reading and I haven't, I've not been reading a lot of fiction for a really long time, probably since I was young. I think a lot of the things I read are like, Hey, there's an idea I really want to know that I want now. You know, I, I, I yeah. kind of zone in on, whether it be some sort of help that I need or some sort of history that I want. Um, and then the other things kind of tend to, I've, I've had less, yeah, less of a, 
a love affair with fiction in, in at this stage of my life, but mm. but I want to get back into it and I and I would really I'd love to write fiction that that mm. you know isn't meant for the screen. Yeah. Right. I mean what I'm hearing is we're gonna set up a book deal with you and Skylight and just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, that's I mean, yeah, there's a lot of it sounds like you like, I mean, just the the written spoken word is just such an important part of your your own history and where you yeah. are right now. Um, and you were like talking about uh, you know, Harry Potter, which for many was like, you know, a big stepping stone for reading. And like it was yeah. Just, I mean, I was going to say a huge part of the cultural zeitgeist, but it might have been like the, the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. When it was like in its height. I mean, it, it, uh, that, was there any other books like that that you remember like being just so important for your childhood that like even now, like you're just, you think about it, you're like, wow, that was something that I, that changed me in a way. Um, well, there was a book that I that I read that I remember, you know, I really, it was actually one of the books I was maybe going to recommend, but it's, it's a book I, it's a book I go back to often. It's called, uh, it's, it's actually, it's a transcription of a speech. So it's maybe, it's maybe even like, a, I'm cheating by calling it a book, <laughs> but it's, but it, no, I mean, it's, it's by this, this old, this, this Jesuit priest, I believe he was an Indian Jesuit priest. Um, named Anthony DeMello, and he had this book called Awareness. I think it's called Awareness, uh, The Perils and Opportunities of Reality, which I always thought was like a, a kind of a wild, you know, title. But I went right. back to that a lot because that, that really, he talks a lot about certain levels of personal responsibility and, mm. and certain kind of ethics. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm really drawn to ethics. I'm drawn to... Mm. Uh, I'm drawn to them for myself because I want them for myself. Right. And then and then I'm drawn to them in stories um, because they feel like such a difficult thing to attain. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always a really fun thing to see a, a character for me kind of, you know, want to be in a situation where they can answer a moral question in a certain way. And so uh, that that was a book that that I really kind of went back to that felt really formative as well. Um, and then, yeah, I was just ripping through the fiction. And I was just like, I think I went through the Lord of the Rings too, which are way harder to get through, but I was really into them. I was picking up biographies. I remember there was like a couple of just like, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the big biography for me was the autobiography of Malcolm X, you know, the Alex Haley, you know, oh, yeah. which is, I'm sure that's come up on the podcast before. <laughs> I mean, it. If it has, I mean, like, it's just because it's so powerful. It's like one of those books. Unbelievable. You have to read it. You have to read it. It's, I mean, it's, it's just, it should be required reading in like high school for kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. um, And like, from what you're saying too, it sounds like you had a very, like, interesting relationship with fantasy too, which like, I mean, no, I feel like a bunch of people, I mean, I did myself had this like extensive relationship with fantasy and like yeah. that specific type of fiction. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like your relationship, what your relationship was with fantasy back then? Well, I mean, I think it was like, it was, it was obviously inspired by the, 
the Harry Potter of it, but I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it, it really was, it's a way of thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. I think when you're, when you're into those worlds, because I think we're always kind of trying to put our finger on how the world works. And sometimes the right. world you're in yeah, the the rules aren't really clear, and so you're like, oh, right, well, let me go to this other world where I, I can right. really see all the. And you know, and you know, the thing I was actually kind of lamenting with with a friend of mine was just uh, the hype that we used to feel around that Harry Potter Midnight book release. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yeah. just mind blowing. I mean, like oh, I God. I couldn't sleep for no. for weeks. I was so excited that it was going to come, and then I would get there, and then I would just stay up. Just oh, yeah. to, I'm like, I got to get the first two chapters down before I fall asleep, you know, because you've been oh, up yeah. all night waiting to get it for when, <laughs> but it's like midnight at Barnes and Noble and they're going to open up the doors. And, you know, so that, that, that was like, to me, it was, it was a lifestyle, you know, and, and it was, it was this whole, yeah, this whole community. And, and I remember, you know, a couple of my friends got really deep into the, uh, the online world. I, I didn't, but there was like that deep online world of like, you know, Harry Potter role play stuff and all that kind of thing. And they'd be over like, I don't know if you knew about the, uh, the Habbo hotel. Oh no. What is this? It's super niche. I feel embarrassing even talking about it, but you go on there and it's like, it was like a Sims type game, but people turned it into a Harry Potter thing and they were casting oh spells and it was, you know, it got this sounds, this sounds, I mean, Let's bring it back. Let's like, that sounds like it needs a re- a 2021 reboot. Let's, uh, that's great. Know. No, I mean, maybe not, right? Maybe not 2021, but um, no, this, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a whole generation of insomniacs birthed from like the midnight release of Harry Potter wow. because I didn't, I think I read that. I stayed up for like 14 hours reading the last one yeah. that came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. You had to, it was, it was huge. No, um, no, there was, I mean, that sounds, there. the escapism, what you're talking about, yeah, there is, yeah. I feel, feel, especially for like teenagers or like, like preteens, there was that like, oh, <laughs> where you're in that weird age too, where you're like, I don't, I'm not in my childhood anymore in the yes. same way, but I'm not in adulthood yet. Yes. So where nothing makes sense to me. Yes. So yeah, of course, like books like that, which is like, yeah, this makes sense. This is yes. how the world works. Yeah. No, um, that's, I mean, yeah, what, but I think you should get back into fiction, uh, fantasy, not even fiction. I think that you could, I feel like there's a lot of the fantasy, fantasy vibe right now that you're feeling. I mean, there's a lot of really good, I mean, N.K. Jemison is, you know, taking the world by storm right now with her, like, fantasy novels. It's, like, very, it's very, like, new age, very, uh, it feels like exists in a fantasy novel that should exist in 2021 versus like, yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings feels like uh, earlier generation of fantasy. Yeah. And, and, and it's amazing, amazing. Or like Chronicles of Narnia, even the time period mm-hmm. of that was like different where this feels like, oh yeah, this should be the mm-hmm. forefront of fantasy. I mean, mm-hmm. fantasy even sci-fi, like Octavia Butler mm-hmm. is, you should, everyone should just, everyone listening should read Octavia Butler. I feel like I've said mm. this before on the podcast, but there's, yeah. I'm, there's like really good, I mean, especially today and everything going on, I feel like there's, this is the perfect time to revisit that fantasy and escapism and a world that makes sense, basically. <laughs> totally. 
a world that makes sense and like has a an outcome at the end that's kind of you know pot like oh everything works out in the end kind of or it's thing. just exactly it's just yeah. you know the yeah. hero the yeah. hero makes sense even though i feel like that's you know even that's going away the idea of a hero yeah um yeah that's that's we're we're figuring it out what that means now and yeah yeah which i so i'm i'm gonna recommend fantasy uh i in. Go back I'm to, in. yeah no, I'm in. <laughs> no um let's talk i wanted to uh hear about your writing process though you're writing as a like as a writer now a person who i mean i can only imagine how much you're writing constantly um yeah how does that feel now to be like to like have to grow up with this like fascination about with words and how they uh it both work in the written and spoken word and even you were saying that like one of your favorite books is a speech which I feel like is like you know both of those together how does it feel now to be on the other side of like writing making this content it's it's awesome I mean like it's it's really you know it's it's awesome to kind of get the opportunity to do it um professionally you know but I think like and I'm sure you've had other writers on here like the, the writing process uh is super painful and it's like super um and 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 I don't think there's like anything about adding um pressure to it that makes it like more fun I think you feel more supported I think you feel more kind of like okay this is what I'm supposed to be doing but yeah I mean the writing process for me especially because a lot of it was born out of stand-up and born out of like making little videos and that kind of thing, you know, um, really stepping it up so that I can, I think what I've been struggling with most is writing when I want to write. It's like, I know if I have like a bunch of time, like I'll find the story, you know, right. but sometimes it's like, you know, you got a bunch of shit this weekend. It's like, you have to write on Monday. And I'm like, what the fuck? like, you know, then Monday comes and you're just like, I got to write today. And then there are times where, uh, I only have a seed and then it ends up getting, you know, really formed as we kind of talk it out, but we do a lot of talking as a group. And then that turns into, um, beats, you know, and then I kind of take those beats of, okay, character is going to do this. Then the character is going to do that. And then I write it. And then I, I, so I'll take it off and I'll write an outline and I'll write like a pretty detailed outline with dialogue, with everything, with all that stuff. And that's, you know, that's probably a, you know, 15 page document right. that, that will then, you know, we could just see it kind of written out in paragraph form with the dialogue and all that. And then that gets mm -hmm. turned into, you know, a script. And so um, there, there's a few phases when kind of writing for the show as a group. Um, and then, you know, and then I'm like really working out dialogue in stand up. I'm really working out mm -hmm. premises and doing all that um so that that's that's really with the show and then I think with a lot of the other things that I've been working on in writing it uh yeah it always it always starts with just a few of okay here's a scene I really want to do mm -hmm. you know and what would make this scene make sense like why would right. why should anyone watch that one scene I want to do and then I right. start building around it you know you kind of find that those tent poles and then you start doing scaffolding you know I mean that 
that just like the the process of that too must have been the evolution of that i mean even from season one of rami or even from your comedy and like um sketch sketch comedy past and stand-up past must have been so like i mean rewarding to see like the evolution of that but also like how is that how has it been like even thinking back on the past of that as you know different stages of your writing yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really exciting, you know, you know, we, we, um, we've been really like, I, I, I've just been, you know, amazed at seeing it grow from the standup because there were some jokes that I told that are all throughout the first season of the show. Mm-hmm. And, and I had this really surreal feeling when I was watching the show you know, after everything was all said and done. And I was like, man, I, I wrote that joke at a fucking college in Pennsylvania yeah. in 2013, you know, where I was like, just right. trying to, it, 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 it's, it's just crazy. It's crazy. You're like, wow, you, you know, you tell these jokes at cafes or you think of them one night and, 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 and then they are in, yeah, in, in the show. And, and that, that's, that's so surreal to me, you know, I, I mean, I had a couple surreal moments with the writing process where there was this cafe I used to write at, and, and I wrote a lot of the first season at the cafe, I definitely wrote the pilot at the cafe, but I would just, you know, I'd go there all the time, and, um, and, and then, you know, we, it was just by luck, there was like a billboard for the show, like right above the cafe, you know, so there, there's certain things where you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's fucking, you know, you would never, you would never imagine it and then it happens you're like oh this is really cool this is uh, is, like it's really cool I mean I can only imagine yeah that's must them the just even seeing like I mean your name up there too must have been like such a surreal experience there I mean and like even within the screenwriting there what is I mean there's so much like with you know between dialogue and action and like describing the scenes too what's your like favorite part there and like writing the different components of one scene it's a good question i don't i i think like i mean dialogue probably dialogue because mm-hmm. what's what's really fun you know and this is where i have a lot of fun on the show because we'll mm-hmm. break beats as a group but then when I start writing, totally different things start to happen. And a lot of it is just dialogue driven because I really, I push myself in an outline to be dialogue heavy. I think a lot of outline writers, um, just by the design of outline is it's an outline. And so you kind of have in your head, like, okay, we'll work on dialogue later. So we put kind of the bare minimum amount of dialogue to tell you what's gonna happen in the scene. So the network gets it and approves it and then they send right. you to script. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who I put almost fully the amount of dialogue that's going to be in the script is in the outline. Mm -hmm. So my outlines are always late. They always take way too much time. (laughs) But when I hand them in, it's like, oh, wait, you wrote the dialogue. And the reason why I do that is because the dialogue will always lead me like more interesting things, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and, and so like, there's this scene that I was, you know, I'm, not giving anything away by any means, but there's this mm-hmm. scene that I, I I just wrote for the third season of the show. And this is, it's fresh on my mind. There's a ton of examples like this, but you know, mm-hmm. this is a perfect example where I, I was kind of writing this scene with the character of my mother and I was trying to describe a feeling and I, and I kind of um, 
you know, was writing about this pool that they have in the backyard and how the kids don't use the pool. And, mm-hmm. and, and they used to use the pool as kids. And, and so I wrote this, I'm really pushing myself to write the dialogue and I'm like, you know, and, 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 and I'm pushing her to kind of say what she wants to say. And, and, and then it kind of comes out where it's like, she doesn't want them to swim in the pool now. She misses when they used to swim in the pool as kids, when she just look out the window and she just see them waving, asking for a hot dog. Right. And then I was like, oh, now I want to write her going to get hot dogs. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, right. but like, I never would have written the hot dog scene if I didn't try to write the dialogue. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. it would just yeah. be like, and then it took the script to like a whole other direction right. because that's dialogue driven, you know, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, we're really kind of creating a want and a desire for this character. And then we're on the page. So we get to, wow, we could seek immediate satisfaction right. in this way that we can't in real life. And mm-hmm. so, um, that part is so much fun to me when I'm writing and because there's all this stress before writing where you're like, what if it fucking sucks and it's the worst idea on earth? And what if we're frauds and this and that? And you sit down and you move past all that and you start writing and then you're like, oh, this is so fun. You know, like, this, is, <laughs> this is like, you know, whoa, we can take it somewhere. And, and, right. and so to be able to kind of have curiosity in that part of the process is, is really, really exciting to me. And I mean, yeah, what I, on that too, like, cause that seems like a, that what you were talking about, like that scene seemed like such a, you know, not a memory, but like a, an emotion, a strong emotion. And I can only imagine writing a show like Rami, which, you know, is a show where the, t- the titular character is your name must like come from a specific place you know from not not even your memory but just like you know places you've been places you've um things you've seen things you grew up with things you still are hanging on to how has that been with the writing process of the show like dealing with these like memories maybe or you know connection to like different characters in there yeah, I mean, one of there's, there's been like a level of catharsis, but I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of fictionalization. I mean, I, I think that right. part of the process for me was really making sure that, you know, I'm not making something that would feel personally uncomfortable mm-hmm. for my family. I mean, right. I think that like, there are parts of it that feel uncomfortable to them, like <laughs> the sex and, you know, a lot right. of the topics that we get into, but I don't want anyone to feel like I'm, you know, um, giving a biography of, of them mm. or something, you know, so, so, so there's a lot of creative, you know, um, liberty taking, you know, this, this, mm. this isn't a didactic telling of, of my life. It, it, right. it really is me getting to play with the emotions of, of ethics, of spirituality and all the things that aren't just important to me, but that make me laugh. And so it's like getting to make this really fun soup of, of things. And, um, and so I, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, again, it satisfies my curiosity and, and in, in a way that, yeah, I feel very, yeah, very grateful for. Do you feel like you get to like, on the topic of ethics, get to like, you know, experiment with your own questions on like ethics by writing this character of Rami, like questions you might have for yourself. You're like, let me, let me throw this to this, this oh, script yeah. and see what happens. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah these are all these questions were all asked 
Right. And they don't all have answers, you right. know, and, and, and I think that's what's fun about getting to open up the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's always been a really fun part of the show too, is people mm-hmm. watching it and kind of reflecting different things back. I mean, yeah, there's, I feel like one of the things that was very talked about after, especially this, that second season, which was so, uh, can't even, I, I have no words for like how I felt after it. Like the conversation was like about ethics, about like, how do we, about the the relationship between like who we want to be versus who we are. Yeah. And like, how was it seeing like, you know, this this work that you and your creators and your writers got to work on. Um, sorry, that's LA behind me, uh, honking. But um, no, like seeing these questions that you got to ask being also talked about like by everyone. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's interesting because I, I think like I tend to get more of the feedback in person, mm-hmm. you know, um, like even getting to meet you is really cool. Like I think like meeting people in person is really fun. Mm-hmm. Meeting people at stand-up shows when we got to be in a room together. Right. Um, I don't see too much of the online stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I it, it, it was something I looked at probably more during the first season and then, um, and, and it was interesting for sure. But I, I kind of started to feel like, you know, in terms of talking about writing process, I, I think whether, you know, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Instagram, whether it be, the, the, you know, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. writing with those mediums in mind, I think is a pretty uh, downhill, maybe not downhill, <laughs> a losing battle. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very um, anti-creative, antagonistic environment that, can have real beautiful nuggets of truth on it. But I don't think the nuggets of truth outweigh all the other stuff in terms of looking at it as a creative person. So, so I, don't, I don't really look at it too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, 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 I think the stuff that's particularly good ends up coming to me anyway. Right. Uh, you know, my buddies will send me if someone's like uh, being critical in a funny way, or they'll send me if someone's saying something really nice uh, or, or something that is even a valid point, you know, those things will, will tend to kind of come, they'll, they'll rise to the surface. But, but um, I, I guess I say that to say, I don't see all the discussion all the time. But when I meet people, that's when it, it, it is really fun to, to talk because it's like, oh, cool, we get to like talk in real life. And, and that um, anytime something you do on screen can then foster like a real life connection that that I love that and I mean I think yeah from something I did I I I hope I'm saying this right but like something that like I loved from your show was that it did cause it, it made me myself and I know other people friends of mine who I was talking to who watched it like want to talk to each other about it want to like you know talk to each other about how we saw ourselves through like the characters on it saw our own problems saw our own you know ethical questions which I feel like you know even seeking it online sometimes we're like oh I I want to know how someone else felt about what I just saw on there and like how I I mean that I feel like that's from what you were talking about how you look you read ethics um you read books about ethics and are researching this I feel like you caused 
an audience of people to do the same thing. You want we wanted to like find our own ethical like answer. It's really interesting. What stuff. did it did it lead you to anything that 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 you uh, can share? I mean, wow, yeah, this, yeah, no, I think it did. I mean, like family, definitely, like their question of how like we treat our family and even in the sense of like how we because something I definitely I felt in the last season of it was like how we don't even see what we're how we affect our family and in the other way like everyone in the family like has that specificness there but like even like um one thing that I really I really uh that resonated with me was when at the very end when Rami got the dog um, from the father and the father was just so heartbroken over it because Rami didn't even realize that his, his father like had this relationship with the dog that <laughs> Rami thought he didn't care about and it was just like but it was something where I was like whoa that's so like this like we saw the father have this huge relationship with his dog and it meant so much to him and he kind of like changed in a way too we saw all of these all of this like emotion towards it and then Rami just took it away and he didn't even realize what he was doing there so I don't know it just made me realize I like you I love that you saw that because that to me is 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 such a moment that I love but it's it's almost like this like it's such an arc for a character yeah. but yeah we don't point at it too much it's such a great right. to, to hear pointed out no it just it was one of those like those split second moments that I was like and it's that it's that like those small split second moments where you don't realize what you're doing to like you might be doing affecting someone else too um no it was <laughs> that one was my big moment which I feel like there's out of a season of like huge moments and huge character uh points that one I you know stuck out to me the most um no that was yeah that was one big moment for me and but I could also talk for hours about that the last conversation uh Rami had with uh Mahershal Ali's character um that last conversation where I I think I rewound it like three times to just watch it over again to be like oh, oh wow. my god but like no it was just there were so many moments like that that were so powerful but I also want to talk about like your relationship with being a writer on this show and also being a performer on this show and like how like you know how that must work for you like you you are you are playing the titular character of the show but you're also like very much just the creative a, a big creative voice behind it too how does that work for you um you know it's it's it it's they're kind of one in the same. I mean, you know, it, it all kind of flows through what I feel will work best for not just my character, but all the characters in the show. And I think, you know, you can see when you watch the show that I have a lot of fun not being in the show as a performer. And so it is, it's, 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 it's really some of my favorite work that I get to do does not involve me as a performer mm -hmm. so um they're very separate buckets mm -hmm. and and I really especially right now writing the third season I'm so cognizant of like how much the Rami character just actually feels like a different person it didn't feel that way writing season one but now that we're at season three I'm just kind of like okay this is a different thing like this is right you know uh and that is I think has led to more creative writing like and just kind of more interesting you know 
it's just yeah. been just been more fun you know and and so it it, it is uh it's something that like I I could see I could see being in the position that I'm in and kind of feeling like, oh, I want to write more for myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 really kind of not, that's not kind of where I come at it from. I kind of come from, you know, what do I want to see? And a lot of times that's not myself, you know. <laughs> no, I mean like because that I mean I can only imagine the self-reflection of that or the self, like it's looking in your mirror, right? Where you're just like oh no, I don't want to see myself right now. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like, it must be, do you feel like a writer though when you're on set performing sometimes? Do you, is it like, do you, do you feel like you're taking off that writer hat when you're on camera or do you still feel like, because I mean, with a show like this, I can imagine you're just performing me like, no, I could punch this up or I can maybe take- Yeah, it's always changing, always. I mean, it's like, and, and I'm so lucky that we have these amazing performers, like everyone in the cast is so great. So I'm able to really like act opposite them um, and, you know, really like be in the moment and be in the scene. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I can have writer brain going and being like, I want to change this line and I want to do this and like whatever, you know, because a lot of this stuff too, I'm in it and I'm directing it as well. So there's often like three things going on, but it only really works because the actors in the show are so good that I'm able to lose myself in the acting with them uh, while still monitoring and, and, and kind of shepherding all the other stuff. And obviously I do it with a lot of help. I mean, you know, we have just great producers who have their eyes Mm -hmm. on stuff and, you know, my co-creators. No, I mean, like that, yeah, I can imagine like the, you know, the the team behind it, like very much like just being amazing there, especially as a performer when you're like, you know, switching hats there as a writer and like, then you're in front of the camera, your team must have your back there so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. I mean, yeah, it's, it leads to my next thing kind of yeah about more like your favorite I don't think there's a good transition between them so I'm just gonna go there I Rami to all my listeners Rami has a treat for us where he's going to I think he kind of alluded to this before recommend some books to our listeners that he likes oh, man. and that he wants you to read so that you will also when this episode come out see on a virtual bookshelf on our skylight books website so look out for that too (laughs) i mean official we're 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 honored i want you to know we're honored (laughs) to have you on our website so um i listeners this is going to be exciting oh my gosh a lot of build-up i mean look you know i mean it's it's uh well first off in my digital bookshelf you know you got to put one of the harry potters because it's, Which, it's but you, you got to, so this is, I don't know if this is one that a lot of people would pick, but Order of the Phoenix is actually low key, kind of my favorite one. I know, I see your face. Not everyone on the podcast can see the face. I know it's not the go-to, but the reason why I love book five is because it's like the first book where they kind of start like really fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's when they start not going to school. And I yeah. loved that shit. And I was like, yo, they're, they're about the, like, we've been talking about Voldemort for four books. Mm-hmm. Like we've just been sitting and complaining. And now like, we're going for Voldemort. Like that shit, right. that was, 
I was very into that. Well, there's, and there's, I mean, they take their own agency, right? They're like, yes. oh, we're done, like, letting things happen to us. Now we're going to start doing, we're going to start, like, fighting back. Yeah, no, yes. I mean, that, it's, it's, it's so funny, because I, I, yeah, it's not my, it's not my number one, but it's in my top three, actually, because I think, yeah, it's, it's the longest one, and I don't, I appreciate that, because I'm like, I don't want to leave this world, I, I remember, I was like, I don't want to leave this world, I want to, I know, I never want them to end, I never want them to end, I was like, 700 pages, okay, JK, let's go, let's do this all, but like, never I, wanted to end. I never want to end, no, in number five, I mean, there's so much story in there, there's so much, yeah, each character from, I think, almost every book has a part to play in that book too. So yes. I, I, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a big, that's a big one. Um, I bet there's just a, a, a book that I, that I really, you know, really love is um, this book called the great theft. Um, mm -hmm. And it's by this uh, professor. Uh, his name is Khaled Abu Fadl. And um, it's a great book. It's about, it's 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 a it's a historical book about Islam. The reason why I really like the Great Theft is because it it puts history into a really interesting perspective, where you kind of you know realize the the debates between genuine scholarship and then just kind of like authoritarian rule. And it's actually a book about Islam versus extremism but it's like extremism is not really defined in the way that you would think it is because you kind of realize all governments and authoritarian regimes act extremely right. and um i would say with everything that's kind of really been happening but even if you know as we sit here today i don't know when this is going to come out but you know the absolute shit show that's been going down in afghanistan yeah. it's, it's really like the type of book that i think if more people were aware as to kind of what conversations were happening mm -hmm. within the various Muslim communities, it would be really interesting because I think I find myself often, you know, obviously it's reflective in the show, but it's, you know, it's really interesting because we've been talking about the show for a while and we haven't really even right. talked about Islam because it's not really about that, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it is what's going on with the characters, but it's, it's not really right. about that. But, but something that is, and that's by design, but something that's interesting mm -hmm. to me about a book like The, the Great Theft is, um, we talk about Muslims a lot, but we don't really talk to Muslims. We don't talk with Muslims. Right. And so it's a, it's a really great window into um, what's been happening, you know, and, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's really kind of well-written and it's, and it's more philosophical and you can kind of see how uh, many faith traditions have been through um, their message being turned into an authoritarian type thing that is not really at the core of you know, the principles that, that we would hope to derive from, from any faith, you know? Right. And I mean that, especially what's going on um, right now, as you were saying, it's, and I feel like this past year with the pandemic, everything that's, all the movements that's happened, it's been a year of people being like, oh, wow, I'm not as educated. And I feel like that's a lot of, um, it's hard to take away from your recommendation oh. here for a second. I mean, that's a lot of, um, fear of learning about it is the fear of saying oh i don't know yes. enough i don't know what's happening yeah. and i feel like we need to get over that as a society of like being afraid of being seen as not knowing enough because we don't we don't know everything it's impossible no there's all this info it's like yeah so, we, much, info. so much stuff and 
Have you have you um have you ever read uh, Tribe by uh, Sebastian Junger? I know, yeah, I've read I've read it. Oh, when did I read it? Oh, I forgot when I read it. But yes, I've read it. It's so good. Tribe is so good. I don't know if that's on any digital bookshelf, but that's that one is it's on yours now. Is 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 a a gem of just mm-hmm. again kind of looking at especially like right now, right with coming off lockdown, various mm-hmm. probably lockdowns in our future in some sort. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a really great kind of look at community and, and, and it from like a really anthropological perspective. I mean, I right. think even if something like the great theft is, is, is more um, spiritual and philosophical in nature, this is, this is total anthropology vibes of just kind of the ways in which we've really separated ourselves i mean there's this one really yeah. kind of striking thing he, he pulls out of just um the connection to the connection between suicides and like the apartment complex you know mm-hmm. and just the idea of like we're in the first time in human history just this last modern stretch where you could go a whole day without not only without seeing anyone but then if mm-hmm. you saw people it could be a bunch of people and you didn't know any of them and kind of what that does to the brain that yeah. is used to kind of being in a different completely different type of society surrounded by family you know being in different ways what that does to our mental health and what that does in to our communication so it's it's really uh really striking I mean I I love that book it's really well written and it kind of the ideas in there are really are really dope and I I mean one thing I did and you were talking about yeah the the idea of like being around family in the apartment complex but also like in a larger scale like how we and especially yeah i've had this conversation with people about how you know barrier what what does what does uh barriers and like uh borders mean like what is that what is the point of them what does it mean to say this person is from somewhere else versus me being especially I mean that's there's a very like American patriotic ideal of like I am this and this is who I am Mm -hmm. versus you who's an outsider which is like what do you mean what is the outsider what is outside what is outside of is outside of you specifically or is excited outside of what you think you deserve in like Mm -hmm. in like I think I mean the book talks a lot about war too right and how war really makes you think of like it makes you other a lot of people yeah too. so yeah it's just and i mean like even war from inside the country like the the war on race the war on um the war on i know yeah i mean racist <laughs> one on my mind right now but yeah no, it's of course like, i mean it's, it's yeah it's just like it, it's really important to look at i think you're laying out parts that are really interesting to me too is just not only that there is division, but why the division mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of looking at the ways that we're setting that, that up for ourselves. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that book is, is, is really dope. And, um, you know, I think like, I, I'm trying to rack my brain for like fiction that's hit me over the last couple of years. Cause okay, like autobiography of Malcolm X is totally in the bookshelf. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. 100%. Um, if awareness is a book, I think it's a book. I don't think it's just a speech. I think it's, a book. I have, have a, I have a copy of the book. That's a great yeah. one. But, um, you know, fiction, you know, I mean, I, I love, like, Juno Diaz, Oh, This Is okay. How You Lose Her, is yes. probably, like, that blew my fucking mind. I mean, that was just, mm-hmm. like, the language on that, I, 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 I couldn't, 
I couldn't really get over it. I really felt like I was inside somebody's mind, like, like in, in every chapter, as it rotates, as it moves around, I really was like, wow, this is so singular. It's, it's really unbelievable. It's one of those books. I feel like anyone who writes care, who wants to be like better at writing character or better at writing, like how, like how to get into the mind of a person you're creating in like, I, I, I feel like I've recommended that to writers who I'm just like, if you want to get like, if you want to like really, really understand your character, read this book. Cause this person does it amazingly like Joe Diaz does it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm like thinking about it now and I'm just like, wow, mind blowing. You're right. This yeah. is, that's a perfect book for, that's a perfect book to read. If you just want to like a really bookshelf book. Um, yeah. And then I'll give one more, which is kind of like a little bit in the, um, a little bit in the self-help category but it's really mm. it's not really actually so mm. um have you read deep work by cal newport no i haven't read deep work it's really it's a really interesting book it um i think it's a book that like every writer should read and it's a book that i wish i could like live up to like in 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 in, in its principles because they're so good but it's really about working styles and how to divide a day and you know he really talks about what I find about it because I think our lives are so busy and complex now and we all have like so many things pulling at our attention mm-hmm. the book that's really good at harnessing your attention and kind of like putting some rules around what you're paying attention to and when and giving mm-hmm. yourself real time to do it and so I uh I really appreciated it and, and he kind of talks about like Carl Jung and he talks about a lot of these great thinkers and prolific writers and 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 think you know the, the way they they kind of he gives you a peek into how a lot of like really impressive people organize mm-hmm. their day and, and I thought that was like I really loved that I was like oh wow I needed to read this one <laughs> and I mean like even when you said that like you're trying to live up to it I mean that's sometimes I feel like when I read books like that where I'm like even me trying to live up to it is bettering myself. Me trying to yeah. Like realize, yeah, it's you. And that's, I mean, I feel like one of the things people fall off on with those books are like the idea of like, I can't reach these goals, but it's like, yeah. you don't need to. You just need to like find out how it works for you and find out yes. how to like, you know, move from there. No, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a great, I think that's a great ender for, <laughs> good, for your book that's a good it's a ender good for your bookshelf. So if ender. you're, if you're listening and you want to go back and see what books Rami just um, recommended check out his online bookshelf at Skylight, which is live now when you're listening to this episode. So check it out. Um, Rami, I have one last thing. Yes. One last thing to ask you before we go. Um, do you, is there any, like, I, or do you have any idea or not idea? That's not the right word. Is there any, future of you in literature do you think where like you want to write you you would write a book or any kind of like you know any kind of book in that way you know which I, I would it's a <laughs> I'm like like sorry I like cut you off because I'm like ah, I think there is <laughs> no what oh, were you yeah. no I was just gonna say because I would I, I, I want to what I'm saying is selfishly I want to buy this book I want to read this oh, book it's really, it's really kind of you I, I I think there might be I mean like I like I said, like I really have such a good time writing 
the outlines on my show and they're so you know if you read them they they, they feel like short stories you know they, mm -hmm. they 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 feel really kind of like um like little yeah like they're meant for the page you know mm -hmm. and 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 i think that's something that i'm very attracted to especially with like yeah it'll be fun to just do new things and so yeah. i i uh i i hope so yeah i do so if you're listening, there's hope. For, there's hope for us. We're going to get it. We're going to hopefully get this book. Um, no, I mean, and I feel like it's, I feel like it'll be a great, it'll be a great book. So again, if, you, if you're looking for a place to premiere this book, I know a bookstore. Hey. I know a bookstore. Hey, I, you know. <laughs> listen, I no. this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you. Thank man. you. No, thank you, Rami. Thank you for doing this. Um, to all my listeners, I this has been Rami Youssef talking to me in conversation just about his writing and his, you know, favorite books. And Rami, do you have anything you would like to say to the, you know, book community, the independent bookstore community at all? I'm very excited to learn from the book community. You're all much smarter than I am, but I, I really appreciate <laughs> you humoring me. Uh, but but yeah, this is really fun. Thanks, Lance. No. No, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all my listeners out there. Thank you for coming back. And for all my new ones, thank you for joining. And please, please, you know, uh, stick around. We have some really great authors. Um, I'm excited for our authors for the second half of this year. So yeah, stick around and listen. But thank you again, Rami. Thank you to all my Thanks, beautiful it. listeners. You have a great rest of your day. You too. Right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.